the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. You know, that was actually my song a week ago Wednesday. See, I happened to be in Colorado um, for the election. I did vote by mail. But, you know, waking up Wednesday morning, and this is my first live show I've been able to do since then, that was the song that just kept running through our heads when we actually got the election results that flyover country saved America. California, still in the toilet. But, hey, I want to thank everybody out there in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Iowa, uh, North Carolina. Uh, you did the right thing, and we do not have the Wicked Witch as our president. Um, can't be happy enough over that. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. You can check us out at firinglineradio.com. One of the bad things that did happen this election cycle, though, was the state of California, in addition to caring enough about um, the prophylactic use of porn actors, uh, pro or con, and plastic bags, and letting out more criminals, one of the other things that they happened to do was pass Proposition 63. Now, of course, that's a giant failure if you're anyone in the Second Amendment community, and there have been so many laws this year between what Jerry Brown has signed from August through October and Prop 63. I have emails every day, people asking me, what's going on? Where do we stand? And you know what? It's so confusing. I have to bring on the experts. And those experts are with Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach, the NRA's lawyers, the California Rifle and Pistol Association's lawyers. I have Sean Brady and Joe Silvoso joining me on the show. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Good to be back. So we just passed Prop, we, State of California, just passed Prop 63. Um, can you give us an overview on what we're going to be dealing with on that right now, uh, Sean? Uh, sure. So, you know, Proposition 63 is 34 pages of, you know, complex legalese. So the reality is we don't even know exactly what's going to uh, come out of it, especially, uh, you know, we got to wait and see what sort of regulations the, the California Department of Justice is going to put out uh, implementing it. So we ha- we're... we're waiting with bated breath to see what additional rules will come out of it. And then there's the uh, twist of Senate Bill 1235 uh, from Senator DeLeon that the governor signed, which purports to do similar things to uh, the major provisions of Proposition 63, the ammo background checks, the ammo licensing, the ban on so-called large-capacity magazines. Um, But 
1235 seeks to um, amend Proposition 63 uh, in advance. So uh, it's a weird dynamic that no one, you know, unprecedented, nobody really knows exactly um, what, which, which provisions are going to control, so it's kind of hard to say. But um, we do know, regardless, that we're looking at some sort of ammo licensing, uh, meaning that if you want to sell ammunition, you're going to have to become a licensed ammunition vendor. Uh, okay, let me, stop you, let me stop you right there. A licensed ammunition vendor. So if you are currently an approved FFL with the Department of Justice, you're not automatically a licensed vendor? Um, under 63, you will automatically, if you're a licensed firearm dealer, you will automatically be considered a licensed vendor come January 1st, 2018. And so that portion of things um, is one of the very, very, very few benefits um, that 63 had in it versus De Leon's bill. Everything else is horribleness and, and godforsaken um, gobbledygook. Well, thank you. That's the official legal term. So yeah. ammunition licensing. So, okay, so Bullseye Sport, he's going to be licensed to sell ammunition. How does the background check or the, the permits, how does that work? Do we even know yet? No. <laughs> the, the, the easy answer, um, you know, the SB 1235, again, purports to uh, replace the the system that Proposition 63 would implement, um, and even if we um, knew which one of those would control, you know the the, the specifics of how exactly they're going to do it uh, remains to be seen. You know, for example, SB 1235 would say that if you have a firearm registered to you in AFS, the auto, DOJ's automated firearm system, and you went into a, a gun store, the the ammunition vendor would. Uh, theoretically be able to look to see if you have a firearm registered to you and then go over to the apps list, the armed prohibited person system list, and say, okay, you're not on that. Here, Give me a dollar. Here's your ammunition. The, the rub's going to be if somebody does not have a firearm registered to them in AFS, um, how, how are they going to go about doing the background check system? Um, you know, they, they say that they'll have some sort of system set up, but uh, you know, you can't access the federal system, the NICS database, um, for ammunition purchases because it's only for firearms. So I don't know if they're going to create a new system. And then there's, if Proposition 63 controls, then you're going to have a situation where you have to apply to be on uh, the DOJ's list of authorized ammunition purchasers. They would more or less um, sort of, it would be like a, a, a COE. They would just keep, you know, or, or, you know, like an apps, just keep making sure that you're, um, uh, not a, a prohibited person, and whenever you show up to purchase ammunition, the the vendor would be able to look up and see if you're uh, still an authorized ammunition purchaser on their database after you paid your fifty dollars and waited thirty days to be processed. By the way, so um, nobody can buy ammunition January first, then. Uh, assuming oh, we're oh, open. this coming year, yes. Well, come come January first, we don't have anything to worry about. The stuff for the ammunition restrictions don't really start to roll out until um, next year, uh, that'd be 2018, uh, when the vendor requirements come into place. The background check and when they start taking your personal information uh, when it comes to the ammunition purchase, uh, don't roll around until July 1st, 2019. And so we do have some time to figure out and for our friends up in Sacramento to figure out what exactly they're going to be doing for purposes of this stuff and who's 
law is going to reign supreme uh, for purposes of this background check and personal purchaser information requirements. Now, what is a prohibited person? Let's get a clarification on that. Um, prohibited persons are those people who are prohibited from owning and possessing firearms. Um, the most common one is people probably think about it are people who have felony convictions. The California has an expanded list, um, more restricting, go figure, um, than what the federal restrictions are, and that would include people with um, restraining orders, uh, certain mental health commitments, um, and even certain misdemeanor convictions can carry with them a firearm restriction. So at that point, um, you are not only prohibited from owning and possessing firearms, but under California law, you are likewise prohibited from owning and possessing ammunition. And even beyond that, clips, magazines, and speed loaders are a no-no if you're prohibited from owning and possessing firearms as well. And so all of those people, when they go to the gun dealer, they, in theory at least, would be considered ineligible and be, ni- be denied that ammunition purchase in at least when the law rolls around and becomes implemented on July 1st, 2019. Now, we all, on this show, it's a, the official show policy is we hate felons, okay? Um, we hate criminals of all kind, and, and all these things are the criminals' fault, mostly the criminals in Sacramento, but still the criminals' fault. Um, but one of the things that people don't realize is, yeah, great, we don't want gang members, we don't want bank robbers. We don't want horrible people having firearms. We don't want convicted felons having firearms. So that all sounds good. But the restraining order aspect, what people don't understand about this is, isn't it common? I haven't been through a divorce, but isn't it common in divorce proceedings? Somebody's angry about somebody else. They throw a, uh, they throw a restraining order against them. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you've got a situation where a guy doesn't know anything, but, but he's in trouble. Correct. And, and that's one of the scary things about California's restraining orders. Um, and I've had to deal with these on a number of occasions, uh, wherein uh, for no real reason, um, and, and this can happen with somebody just going into a judge um, and outright lying. It's almost course, standard procedure sometimes judge. in some cases, right? It absolutely is. It's, it's, it's a tactic um, family law attorneys use to gain leverage in a divorce proceeding. And then, unfortunately, uh, the consequences that come with it is the firearm restriction you're required to either sell your firearms to a dealer, store them with a dealer, or turn them into law enforcement within 24 hours of getting slapped with one of those things. Exactly. So you get yourself a huge problem in that instance. Exactly. So that's something that people have to realize. It's not just affecting the criminal class that you think. This law has been written in effect to have the widest possible net. Now, here we are in California. We let felons out of jail, but we do everything we can to increase the the population's opportunity to become a felon. It just blows my mind. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. I'm here with Sean Brady and Joe Silvoso of Michelle & Associates. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself 
on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. Welcome back to Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman. Now, before I jump right back into this, this very, very serious topic, Proposition 63, and all the gunmageddon laws that we have to deal with, with uh, Sean Brady and Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates, I need to remind you of something. And that is that every single week, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, and everything else afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our faithful companion in this battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Now, you've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge, created in response to pending legislation from Sacramento. Well, Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in that challenge. Each month for the next year, there'll be a special offer on a firearm. Your goal is to collect as many as possible. During the month of November, you can purchase a Diamondback M4 carbine for $569. Diamondback M4 carbine for $569. You will not be able to purchase this January 1st. These are not going to be available after December 3rd. So get yours now. More information about the challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Or visit their website, bullseyesport.com. Bullseyesport.com. Folks, that's a Diamondback M4 carbine for five sixty nine. You are not going to beat that deal anywhere. Supplies are limited. December 3rd is your last day. Why? Because of Gunmageddon. <laughs> Uh, um, Sean, I want to finish up with you here on Prop 63. This just got passed. We, it's almost like the Nancy Pelosi Obamacare bill. They had to pass it for us to find out what the hell is in it. Um, take, can you take it from here? Give us some of the highlights or lowlights, if you will, on what we're dealing with. Sure. No, you're exactly right. That, that is literally what some of the proponents said is, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but so in addition to the ammo licensing and uh, ammo uh, purchasing registration, all that stuff, it prohibits 
ammunition importation, direct shipments of ammunition from out of state or online purchases. You can no longer. I'm sorry. Online purchases of an out of state company. Correct. Midway could not ship you ammo to your house. They would have to ship it to a in-state ammunition vendor where you go and then pick it up from them, and they register the ammo, record all of your information, upload it to the DOJ's database, uh, and, of course, that vendor would likely charge you a uh, transferring fee. So ammunition, if you didn't think it was expensive enough already, it's going to get more so. Uh, That's on top of uh, the the uh, Prop 63 requires that all employees of ammunition vendors and uh, FFLs obtain a certificate of eligibility, which uh, can be quite costly if you have a number of employees. I believe it's around $90, $95 a year um, for, for each employee. So you can imagine that would add up at a, at a place that has a empl- uh, large number of employees. There's also a ban on the uh, possession of over 10-round magazines, what they call uh, large capacity um, so if you had your, uh, you know, grandpa's, um, you know, 15 or 30 round mag from for his uh, M1 carbine, you know, you got to say bye bye to that or you're in violation of the law. Or not even that. Um, you had a Glock 17 for the last 20 years. Sure, sure. You know, and, and all uh, of a sudden your 17 round magazine, you're now a f- in trouble for that. So that's for magazines. What if you had, you know, I know that you cannot transfer kits. But what if you had repair kits? Is that a problem, too? Uh, I'll let Joe uh, discuss that, because the definition... A bag of springs, of, a yeah, bag of bodies. If you, yeah, if you, had, if you had possessed and already had acquired what's common, or it's called in the penal code, though poorly defined, as a large-capacity magazine conversion kit, quote-unquote, um, the possession of that is still not considered illegal. When they right. limited the possession of large-capacity magazines, they did not expand the restriction on possession to large-capacity magazine conversion kits. And so that law passed a couple of years restricting the acquisition of okay. those right. kits. But if you had acquired them prior to that point and been in possession of them since that time, right. your continued possession of those kits would not be considered illegal under this new law. But we're not going to we're not going to repeat that in Sacramento right now. Yeah, we're not going to repeat that anymore. Those of you who heard it, heard it. Then we're moving on, Um, because especially with all the bugs in your guys' office. Anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) wish I was kidding. Um, So we have that particular issue. Uh, Is there going to be any kind of a limit on the amount of ammunition someone can have? Because that kind of looks like what they're building a case for. Well, not uh, legally, Proposition sixty three, nor. SB 1235 places any limitations. However, the practical reality is going to be, you know, ammunition is going to be more expensive. It's going to be harder to come by. Businesses might not want to do as much uh, business, send their ammunition to California. So you never know what the market effect will be. Um, But legally speaking, not yet anyway. I'm sure that'll be the next quote on quote loophole they want to close. Well, I just saw the amount. I saw a newsletter, or not a newsletter, I saw a report, I think it was about a week ago, um, that the ATF was looking at what they're calling super gun owners, um, meaning that 50% of all the firearms in the United States are owned by 10% of the gun owners, um, something that 10% of the gun owners own more than 10 firearms. And so therefore they are creating a classification called super gun owner, which I think would be a great superhero power. But, you know, then, once again, they start demonizing things. Well, who needs 10 guns? Who needs 20 guns? I know a guy who had 804. Um, he's passed away. It's a huge collection. It's, it's, it's what he, he wanted to do. He never committed a crime. 
So it's not the ownership of firearms that's the issue. It's the criminal heart that's the issue. And we seem to continue to let criminals out of jail in this state. Um, you want to speak to that a bit? Uh, sure. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that uh, there's still people that, who have less than 10 guns. Anyway, um, so... Slackers. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, they, you know, it is focus on the gun owner. This is a total political uh, motivated, you know, this is totally motivated by politics. They know that these laws don't work. Um, you know, everywhere they've been tried, uh, they, 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 they don't work. And rather than uh, deal with the, uh, the, the problem the hard way, which is why do we have crimes going on, especially in inner cities like, you know, East Oakland, Chicago, uh, you know, uh, downtown L.A., Chicago, Baltimore. they want to blame, um, you know, some boogeyman, um, which is much easier to do than to actually implement policies and address the, the, the real issue. But, you know. Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. Obviously, these gun control laws are not set to affect crime. They're set to affect gun ownership. That's their entire purpose. And anything, if they try and tell you something different, they are flat out lying. If they wanted to affect crime, they would have a much steeper penalty for the misuse of a firearm in connection with the crime. Instead, we're letting people out of jail. So Prop 63, we're going to have an ammunition registry an ammunition permit we uh, so so what happens if you have a 10 uh, uh, 15 round magazine january 1st um, sean what do we need to do with that well i believe the deadline is july 1st to okay. either uh, of next year to either get rid of it uh, surrender it to law enforcement take it out of the state uh, or sell it to a an ffl who has the appropriate license those are your three options to to remain legal and then after July 1st, you won't even be able to sell it to an FFL. That's either now or, or never, right? Correct. I mean, you're, you're every minute after the stroke of midnight on you know, July 1st, is, is you're committing a crime. You know, we have 5.3 million Republicans in the state of California. Um, we had about 5.5 million people vote for this law. I think it was a number of something in that neighborhood. So you think about that, but with independents, gun owners of eight to 10 million people who are registered gun owners, they didn't show up. All this crap that we're living with here is because people did not show up to vote. None of this had to happen. Um, it, we could completely turn around California if guys registered and showed up the day of why is that so difficult for these people? I don't get it. It's they have totally abdicated our rights to people like De Leon, who's a whack job. I mean, the, the guy's Looney Tunes as far as, as Second Amendment is concerned. And we have totally abdicated our rights to whatever he feels like writing. It, it drives me up the wall. And it's all because people don't show up to vote. Cowards. You yeah, we're looking at those If you didn't vote this time, right you're a stinking coward. Stinking coward, you should have stood up and done it. This is on you. How's that? Agreed. Agree 100%. You know, we're looking at those numbers right now, and they're actually quite interesting and telling and may uh, provide some, um, you know, some useful information for dealing with this stuff in the future. Um, this might have been a blessing in disguise, uh, but we'll, we'll find out in the, in the future. 
Yeah, well, we'll find out. So let's talk about um, what we have to deal with uh, the assault weapon ban. July or January 1st is coming up here. Um, Sean, I want to thank you for your time. That was Sean Brady, Michelle and Associates, one of the NRA's lawyers, the CRPAs, California Rifle and Pistol Association's lawyers. He's a great guy. He's worked with us on the rewilding case. Um, I want to thank you for your time. You're all over Prop 63, and hopefully we'll see some challenges by the NRA on this, and we'll take it from there. We'll be right back with Joe Silvoso after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn. Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! You know, hopefully you had a chance to head out there this morning, folks, to the Prado Olympic Shooting Park, because... Chad Carlson out there was doing the AM590 Shooter Appreciation Day. That's all day Saturday from starting at 9 o'clock. So hopefully you've been out there already listening to the show. If you haven't yet, get in your car. What the heck are you doing? Get in there. We've got Target specials, free lunch, barbecue right about now. Raffles include the Benelli Supernova Shotgun, a Lamb Complete Lower, Glocks, and many more items. So... All the proceeds are going to be donated to the Bob Hope uh, USO Ontario station. So guest appearances by Kim Road, and uh, I'll be out there. So come on down and take a look and, and see what's going on. That's out of Prado Olympic Shooting Park. Fantastic place. Great shotguns, rifles, pistols, training courses, sporting clays. It's the Disneyland for adults. So check that out at Prado Olympic Shooting Park. Hey, joining me back, I have Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso is one of the lead attorneys with Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach. They are the NRA's attorneys. They are the California Rifle and Pistol Association's attorneys. And he spends all his time fighting for your rights. Someone says, well, what's the NRA doing? What's the blah, blah, blah. This is the guy that's out there on the front line. Joe, thank you for all you do. No problem. Thank you very much for having me, and, and thanks for those kind words. Well, uh, now we need to talk about some unkind words, like the assault weapon ban that we are facing as of August last year. You want to give us a little yeah. heads up on that? Uh, sure. Um, what they did back in July was change California's convoluted uh, definition of what is an assault and yet again to further restrict firearms in California and classify them as assault weapons. And as a result, we're looking at a great a greater number of firearms that can be and will be as of January 1st of this coming year 
uh, to be a Sullivan's. Before we were dealing with firearms that had the capacity to accept a detachable magazine um, and other restricted features, now they've now expanded um, what is considered an assault weapon to include those that do not have a fixed magazine. And for um, your listeners' purposes, Phil, um, we're talking about those guns that are configured or come with what's known as commonly a bullet button. Um, for those who don't know what the bullet button is, um, when you go into the gun store and you see those big and scary AR-15s and AK-47s, um, on the wall, and they, you look at them a little bit more closely, and they have something restricting or covering or uh, modifying their magazine release. Those are the devices that we commonly refer to as a bullet button. Um, those devices are there um, because they require now a tool to remove the magazine, and under California's nonsensical definitions, um, the use or the need for a tool is what gets you to be California compliant when it comes to certain firearms that could meet the definition of an assault weapon if you just had a standard regular old magazine release. And so people have been selling those firearms with those bullet buttons for years now. Well, our friends up in Sacramento weren't too happy of that. They've tried to change this law a couple of times on us. Unfortunately, during the summer, they succeeded. Well, because so because Jerry Brown didn't need to be reelected again, so he went ahead and signed what his heart truly felt. Yeah, uh, I mean, don't know why he decided this year to make the difference and go that route when in past years he had vetoed similar pieces of legislation or even in past years that similar pieces of legislation didn't even make their way up to Governor Brown to sign. But this year, um, with a lot of the, the gun hysteria and the news and things like that, our friends in the Democratic Party up there in Sacramento decided it'd be a good idea to push this stuff this year um, to try to be king of gun banning and take that crown from Lieutenant Governor Newsom. Um, and they passed this piece of legislation, so we will see a restriction and prohibition on the possession and selling of those guns come January 1st. Those bullet button guns will not be able to be acquired after January 1st. Those of you who are in possession of those guns that will meet the new definition of assault and will have sometime next year to start registering those firearms um, before January 1st, 2018. And why it was kind of vague on that is because while you're going to be required to register those guns as a Sullivan sometime next year, well, I don't know when the window for that's going to open, what the requirements for that's going to necessarily be, because the California Department of Justice hasn't read the regulations for the requirements to register. We do know it's going to be an online process, and so don't expect any forms or paperwork or mailing to have to be involved. The code is specific in that it has to be an online process. And so Sacramento not only coming up with the regulations, which they're often horrible at doing, you also have to come up with a website and web system uh, that's going to be the registration process and um, just ask your local dealers how they feel about the online process for background checks and dealer records of sale and firearm safety certificates and the like. Maybe they can hire. Maybe they can hire the same people that did the Obamacare website. <laughs> and all those crashes that went along with that. Uh, I hope. I really do hope that that's not going to be the case. But I fully expect it to be. Okay. Let um, me, to the point where. Oh, go ahead. No, let me throw this out there because it's going to be an abomination. It, it can't be. Just look at the people involved. It's going to suck. So. Um, it's got all the all the ingredients. Uh, let's say that Fred Schnickelfritz 
owns four AR-15s. He has one for varmint, one for he likes to shoot three gun, blah, blah, blah. Well, if Fred's 60 years old, he may die in the next 20 years. If he does so, he can't pass those firearms on to his heirs under this new law, correct? Correct. Well, he's not in the state of California. Current okay. California Sullivan law. Um, well, if he dies percent, in California, then he can't pass yeah. that on. No, those heirs are not going to be able to inherit those firearms in California. They're going to have be very limited and limited with respect to 90 days about what they're going to do about those guns, but they're not going to be able to keep those 90 guns days. in California. And they 90 can't, days. They, they can't yeah. own them, and they have 90 days. So do you think it would be a good idea for Fred Snicklefritz to register maybe one of those firearms in his wife's name, one of those, you know, have her go through the dross, maybe his kids, if he wants them to have one, to dross it into their name now. I mean, if it's to to pass that on now as opposed to when you die because you can't do it when you're dead. Well, one of the, I dare say, benefits, um, because it's not a benefit, it's just a happenstance beneficial provision for us, is that for assault weapons, and this existed at the time of the original restriction on assault weapons, you can jointly register assault weapons to your family members who reside in your household. So if Fred has a wife who still loves him and lives with him um, and hasn't gotten fed up with his gun collecting and shenanigans, um, then at that point, both uh, husband and wife could register their firearms. As and that would be what weapon. I had to do. As assault weapons. Um, come next year when the registration window opens. Again, don't know when that's going to necessarily be, but it has to be sometimes before the turn of next year, January 1st, 2018, because that's when they're going to be required to be okay. registered. So by. that's, that's but, as an assault weapon. Now, do lowers, do, do uncompleted rifles, do those have to be registered as assault weapons? Um, well, if you're going to want them to be able to be possessed in that configuration that would be considered assault weapons, I'd strongly suggest you put them together, have them in your possession before the turn of this year, and then register them as such. However, if you do have just a strip lower receiver, that, that part, which technically is a firearm for purposes of California and federal law for acquisition, transfer, and prohibited persons, but if you just have that lower receiver, um, you will not need to register that firearm because it's just a lower receiver. It right. doesn't have all the mean, nasty, prohibited features. And so what you did with that receiver would be up to you. If you wanted to build it into a configuration that would be a quote-unquote assault weapon next year, uh, then I would suggest doing that as soon as possible, pop that bullet button on it, and then, of course, register it in the assault weapon. If you want to build it up into a firearm that's going to be so-called California compliant come next year, and even I don't know what that phrase is going to be because, again, we're waiting for DOG regulations on about what's going to constitute a quote-unquote fixed magazine or one that doesn't require the disassembly of the action. Um, I, I don't know necessarily what that's going to mean, but if you wanted to build that, that receiver up into a firearm that isn't an assault weapon, uh, then you can do that now or you can do that later. Um, and then at that point, you wouldn't need to register it because it's not an assault weapon. But so, you would you be able to transfer? It, would you be able to transfer that lower receiver after January first to a family member? Yes, depending on your relationship to that family member, either through a dealer or an intrafamilial transfer, you will be able to do that lower receiver. Dealers will still be able to sell uh, strip lower receivers to Californians come January first. 2017. However, that purchase is going to be very limited to how he or she completes that firearm, because if you complete it 
into a configuration that has a bullet button, that's going to be an assault, and you can't do that after January 1st. Or, or, or any of the other features, whether it has a bullet button or not, if it has a pistol grip and a muzzle brake right. or a flash suppressor or a collapsible stock or folding stock, then you're going to have some issues. You're going to have to be, if you're going to build it up, it has to be very tight lines and stay in between them, right? Correct. There are very, very strict limitations on how you do that and the features that you can put on that gun. Because we don't want to waste Joe's time with criminal defense. Hey, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? I know why you're here. I know why you're here because we've all been trying to figure out what's gone on after this election with the, here in the state of California. Now, fortunately... We have an opportunity for the Supreme Court to be corrected, and maybe, just maybe, we'll get some relief here in the state of California. But that's a long shot, and it's not what you want to hope for. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Hey, come on out to uh, Prado Olympic Shooting Park today. Check it out. We're having a great time out here. But joining me on the phone, I have Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso is one of the lead attorneys for Michelle & Associates, the NRA's lawyer, California Rifle and Pistol Association's lawyer, and many, many others. They specialize in Second Amendment, obviously, supporting your rights, and in defense if you happen to get sideways with the California DOJ. Joe, thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me back yet again. Yeah, and hey, we want to have this information out there so we we can use your time dealing with... Um, use your time dealing with the legislative efforts as opposed to criminal defense. So that's why we have you on the air. We want to get this information out to as many people as possible. Uh, Prop 63 just passed. We talked with Sean Brady about that a little bit earlier today. But um, one of the other aspects of Prop 63 is reporting of theft. Why was this put in there? Do you have any idea? Um, well, it's that, that theft loss reporting, and basically what that is, is a requirement um, in the penal code now that requires you, under the law, to report the theft or loss of your firearms. Uh, that's been a pet project for the gun ban lobby for years and years and years, because they, they paint it as a boogeyman, wherein bad people are acquiring guns, giving them to other bad people, and when law enforcement comes around... Um, they're saying, oh, I lost that gun years ago or it was stolen. And law enforcement's basically saying, well, why didn't you report it? Um, and bad people are going to do bad things. Um, but nevertheless, the bad people are going to still continue to do bad things. And the good people 
who are going to report these guns anyway don't need a law. They don't make it make it a requirement. They most certainly don't need to make it a fine if you fail to do that. But that's what these laws do. And under this new law, you are required to, when you know or reasonably should have known your firearm was lost or stolen, report that theft or loss within five days. If you fail to do that, you can be cited as an infraction uh, for a fine. And if you do it repeatedly, that's going to go up in cost to potentially being a misdemeanor crime. And so uh, what they're doing, in a sense, is disincentivizing um, lawful gun owners from doing what they would do in good conscience and morally anyway, which is report their theft loss of firearms. But if you miss that five-day window or law enforcement thinks you should have known you lost those guns in that, before that five-day window expired, well, they're going to cite you for it. And that's not something we want to do. We want, it's not something we want to discourage. But nevertheless, that's what they did. I think and this so was this is also uh, some people, you know, you talk, you hear people blah, 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 and they say, oh, I'm never going to turn anything in. I'll just bury them and tell them they're stolen. Hey, this was written for you, knucklehead. Um <laughs> they're 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 painting the chessboard right now and uh you know they're planning two moves ahead so when they come to confiscate and they knock on your door and they say you have 15 lowers re- uh in your name here where are they and you say i don't know they were stolen you know what you're in trouble now you're, you're now on the wrong side of the law um because you're lying to law enforcement or whatever because you didn't want to register them. this is this is one of the things in there made to trip you up uh, also, you know, the large capacity stuff. I, Joe, I've heard people say that uh, the state can't just confiscate something without compensation. But I don't think that's true, is it? No, I mean, you hear that a lot when they're going to outright ban things. But the legislatures, I mean, for all the stupidity they have up there, they do have some rather deviously clever people writing their laws. And so this doesn't constitute what people refer to this situation as a taking. If the government were just to take this from you on one day and not compensate you for it, well, then they potentially be liable and it would be required to potentially compensate you for that. But in this delaying not only the implementation of the law and also giving you options with respect to what to do with your magazines, they take what they're doing here and banning large capacity magazines and taking it out of the context of a taking. Because you can still take the magazines outside the state and possess them. You can still sell them to a licensed firearm dealer prior to July 1st this coming year. Um, You can still turn them into law enforcement if you wanted to go that route, which I don't know anybody who is, um, and then potentially modify them as people who have done in the past to be uh, and only accept 10 rounds. Well, you um, know, the Crips, the Bloods, and MS-13, they're going to turn them into law enforcement. I'm sure that's exactly what those law-abiding individuals and, and, do. And the Hells Angels bikers, they'll turn those in because, you know, it's a law. Exactly. And so it it kind of makes no sense, but nevertheless, that's what we're stuck with, at least for right now. And then one of the added um, detriments to Prop 63, because the legislature passed almost an identical bill um, in July, but that bill made the possession crime an infraction. The worst they can ding you for, could have dinged you for, was a $500 fine for each violation. Um, Lieutenant Governor Newsom decided to go one step further. If you're in violation of California law for possessing large-capacity magazines after July 1st, it's what's known as, in legal terms, a wobblet. 
meaning that it could be prosecuted as an infraction or a misdemeanor violation of California law. Um, and so I'm fully expecting um, that certain unfavorable um, firearms localities like the city of Los Angeles will be chomping at the bit to charge as many people as they can uh, with misdemeanors for possessing large capacity magazines after July 1st. See, here's the thing is if you're a good law abiding citizen like myself, a misdemeanor would bother you. If you're somebody who does drive-bys and shoots up households, what the heck's a misdemeanor? What do, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah those, those violations are just tacked on to a, a mile-long complaint for a lot of more serious offenses. And yeah, you're 100% right. So people in those situations do not care about those. They'll wrap up a rap sheet a mile long with all of those ticky-tack violations uh, because they've already screwed up once. Two or three or five more violations isn't going to affect them all that much. But for a common citizen um, who has no history of anything on their record other than typically traffic tickets, a misdemeanor violation, um, and if you're convicted, is a permanent a permanent uh, blemish on your record. You can't erase these things under California law. California law is written in such a way that you get a criminal conviction it is almost impossible to remove it from your record. So but, if you're a, mind, but if you're a dirtbag, it's also impossible to stay in jail. They keep putting you back out on the street. Yeah, I, I, California is, is a little bit wackadoo when it comes to their, their criminal sections. We have things like, I mean, we have a three strikes law and we have the death penalty, and then we have laws that are passed that allow people to get out of jail early uh, reduce the um, seriousness of theft offenses, and then of course we have recreational marijuana. And it just—it's really strange how California has chosen to focus on certain things, making them really, really bad, and then other things not even being, in some instances, a crime. Yeah, and if you look at the crime rate going through the roof with uh, all of these changes, hey, um, let's talk about the assault weapon going forward um, characteristics under the new assault weapon ban. You want to, I got two minutes sure. left. You want to touch on that? Yeah, the, the characteristics and those mean, nasty characteristics as they apply um, currently are still there right now. They just changed one of those three prerequisite restrictions. And so under current California law, um, and typically the most assault weapons we see are rifles, so I'll focus on those. You get your semi-automatic, you get your center fire, and you have your capacity to accept a detachable magazine. Those three prerequisite required characteristics. And then if you have one additional feature, like a pistol grip or a forward pistol grip, folding collapsible stock, flash suppressor, or uh, other um, attachments on that firearm that are prohibited, that firearm's an assault weapon. And so you still have those things in play come next year. However, you, for rifles at least, you have your semi-automatic you have your center fire, and then you have the rifle that does not have a fixed magazine, those three, and then one additional feature, your pistol grip, your forward pistol grip, folding collapsible stock, etc. And so what California law did this last year is change that prerequisite requirement from capacity to accept a detachable magazine to does not have a fixed magazine. And we go into this in a great more detail um, in a couple of locations. Your, your listeners can um, look into this stuff further, Phil. Uh, first and foremost, I did a webinar, actually a number of webinars, for the California Rifle and Pistol Association, where I delve into great detail um, a lot of the laws, including Prop 63, uh, that are coming up. You can find that at California Rifle and Pistol Association's website. It's free to the public. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, that's probably your best 
source um, and moving forward. Or if you want something even more detailed than what I did during the webinars, we just finished the fourth edition of Chuck and My Book, California Gun Laws. It's at the printer right now. Um, it probably won't be available for Black Friday, but it'll be available soon thereafter, and you can get it on Amazon or from CRPA. Very good. Um, and we go into great detail about all of these requirements, explaining them in detail, giving you all the code sections to look at and all that other stuff. And so if you're looking for more answers, there's two great places to look for them. Very good. Hey, have a happy Black Rifle Friday. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, Joe Silvoso, Michelle and Associates. Thank you for all you do, Joe. Thank you. Take care. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.